Are you the type of leader who wants to leave behind a legacy? Well, I'd love to help you unlock a legacy of excellence with the School Leadership Toolkit. For just $97, you'll gain access to 10 easy-to-implement resources, including templates, frameworks, and bonus content designed to help you manage your to-do list, make better decisions, navigate difficult conversations, and support your team. Fast-track solutions to your challenges by grabbing the toolkit at schoolsofexcellence.com toolkit or click the link in the show notes. Elevate your leadership journey today. Are you the type of leader who wants to leave behind a legacy? Well, I'd love to help you unlock a legacy of excellence with the School Leadership Toolkit. For just $97, you'll gain access to 10 easy-to-implement resources, including templates, frameworks, and bonus content designed to help you manage your to-do list, make better decisions, navigate difficult conversations, and support your team. Fast-track solutions to your challenges by grabbing the toolkit at schoolsofexcellence.com toolkit or click the link in the show notes. Elevate your leadership journey today. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. I'm so thrilled to be here again today. Uh, Today, we're actually talking about a topic that I do a lot of keynote presentations on, um, a topic that I really weave into leadership days that I do, one-on-one conversations, coaching with all of our clients. This is a topic about school culture, specifically from the lens of, are you fostering health, mental health, mental and emotional well-being inside of your company, or is your company fostering a culture of burnout? So a culture of burnout can really have far-reaching effects on the company's organization, their performance, including high turnover, decreased productivity. And so today I wanna talk about how leaders can really understand the context of what burnout is. It doesn't get healed through manicures and pedicures or hot bubble baths or bath bombs. And how to really address it What are the habits and sustaining triggers that continue to feast that culture of burnout and how to create a more resilient workplace culture? So burnout really affects holistically the entire person, right? It infiltrates everywhere into the marriage, into your health, into your parenting, into your personal relationships, into your overall quality of life. And as leaders, It's a responsibility of the leader to create an environment that really creates a space for a person to have quality of life, right? And so throughout today's episode, you're going to be hearing a lot of different perspectives. I want you to listen to it with a discerning ear. Not every single thing will be relevant to you, and that's totally normal. As you listen to it, I want you to Take what makes sense for you and be like, wow, yes, that I'm, I'm resonating with that. That makes sense to me. Or I'm seeing that inside of my center or things that you're hearing. You're like, nope, that doesn't happen. Great. Then just filter that out and move on to the next part. 
The reason I'm giving that preemptive for today's conversation is because this episode is a little bit longer where I'm really diving into all of these different parts. And as a leader, a discerning leader understands how to consume content, how to consume information. And not every single piece of information that you're going to consume is going to be perfectly relevant to you in your unique situation. And emotional maturity and emotional intelligence is the ability to listen to content and use, yes, this is good for me here. This makes sense for me. This is not what I need. I do need this. That's how we're able to work at optimal speed also as a leader. When we're looking for information, when we're looking for research, when we're looking for um, answers to what we're struggling with, when sometimes we can get fixated on like, oh, well, I heard that and that isn't relevant to me. So the whole thing isn't relevant to me. That's how five-year-olds think. We're grown-ups, And today's episode might feel a little triggering at some points, like, oh my gosh, that's really happening inside of my company. It might feel hard to hear certain parts of it. And so I want you to take a breath and I want you to remember you're listening to information, research, um, stories, different ideas and actions, and you get to decide how you want to take action on the information moving forward. So with all of that intro, let's dive into today's uh, conversation. So burnout's really defined as work-related stress, right? A state of physical and emotional exhaustion that also involves a reduced level of accomplishment and little loss of personal identity and also just professional efficacy. So burnout is not a medical diagnosis, okay? Some experts think that, you know, other conditions such as depression or anxiety, some of those things can lead to burnout or are behind it. But research really points out a lot of other factors like personality traits, family life, upbringing, influence, all of those things um, can really uh, be core components to burnout. Whatever the cause is, burnout affects our physical and mental well-being. Okay, it is this chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. And so burnout can really be categorized by three dimensions, a feeling of energy depletion or mental exhaustion, mental distance from one's job or a feeling of like negativity or cynicism related to the job. And number three, a reduced professional efficacy. So I want to dive in here first to the four pillars of burnout. And the four pillars are the body, right? The physicality of the body where you're feeling it, your lifestyle, the mind and emotions, and the spirituality and the soul. So let's dive into the body, okay? Our body um, is our avatar. It's our, you know, protagonist, the character of our life with whom we move around the world with and move through this one beautiful, precious life that we have. Your body is the base. It's the foundation. And when our body isn't physically strong, we collapse, right? You hear this so much from people. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything, right? You can have all the things in the world, but all of those things don't mean anything the moment you're you're sick, the moment you're not feeling well. Right. So if something in our body doesn't function the way that it's supposed to, poor energy, poor sleep, lower ability to handle strength, mental um, function in parents, emotional distress, problems with mental health, all of those things lead and exacerbate to severe burnout. 
I'm really going to dive into just, I, I want you to pause here for a second. I'm really going to dive into a lot of the practical application of this. I think it's important to understand these core pillars and how things contribute to it because burnout, again, it's not solved through tactics. I always say it's mindset before mechanics and we get stuck in tactical hell thinking that I just need more tactics. I just need to give them breakfast. I just need to buy them this. I just need to give them a raise. I just need to do this. You don't just need to do anything. It's not one thing. It's not one breakfast. It's not one massage. It's not a spa day. That is not what cures burnout. And, and that's why I, I want you to really come into this with an open mind, understanding all the facets that come with this. Right. So let's go to number two, lifestyle. Our lifestyle is one of the important pillars of burnout prevention and recovery because lifestyle is one of the main causes and reasons for ongoing burnout, not just the onset, but the ongoing. If you are constantly hustling and grinding, grinding and living in a state of constant urgency without proper pauses and breaks, if you don't get enough quality sleep, you don't recover properly, you cannot maintain a positive energy budget, which we're going to talk about soon. You have no chance of recovering from burnout. Burnout takes a really long time to recover from, like several years. And so when people are really burnt out, right? I'm not talking about low levels of burnout, which could possibly be worked through within three to six months. I'm talking about extreme burnout, which a lot of people are experiencing over the last three years of insanity. Um, you don't get burnt out from one day. And so you can't recover from burnout in one day. Um, and that's a big misconception, right? You don't put on 30 pounds in a month. So you can't lose 30 pounds in a freaking month, right? And so there's so much of this fast, fast, fast in this Western society. Like she lost 30 pounds in 30 days. She lost 45 pounds in 60 days. Like she didn't gain 45 pounds in 60 days. So she's not going to lose it in 60 days, at least healthy or sustainably, right? She might lose it really fast, but she's going to gain it back. And so this conversation is not about curing a fast, quick fix to burnout. Like, oh, she came back from the spa and she came back so relaxed. So now we're not burnt out anymore. No, now you have energy for the next four hours. And tomorrow, you're going to do it all over again, right? So if you don't change what you did yesterday, it, even a daily spa is not going to help. And who the hell goes to the spa every day, right? That's not, that, that's not what we're looking for here. So let's go to number three, the mind and emotional health, okay? Our mind plays a massive role in our lives. I say this all the time, mindset before mechanics. It's mindset, mindset, mindset. Our mind controls our physical, mental, and emotional functioning. It influences everything. It influences our perspective, our lens of the world, how we make decisions, how we operate in it, everything, okay? Mindset plays a massive role in burnout. And we're gonna go over all these things. And lastly is the spirituality, the soul and the spiritual, okay? Whatever you want to call it, God, spirituality, the universe, I don't care. This is the most overlooked and poorly understood aspect of the four pillars. And it's it's very taboo because we're like, everyone's kind of afraid to talk about like their perspective on faith or spirituality or the universe or their connection to a higher power. Like it, it gets very like, ooh, what are you talking about here? We're not talking about numbers or spreadsheets. No, your soul, 
and your spiritual well-being is critical. It is an integrative part of your health and your well-being. And every human being has their own soul, which is connected to their body, right? And so it's such an important component to understand their spiritual fitness, right? Connecting to yourself, doing things that bring you happiness, a sense of purpose, a sense of fulfillment, a sense of meaning, a sense of significance, and working towards that consistently. And so again, for every single one of you, it's going to be something different, obviously, um, because we all have a different spiritual practice. We all have a different way of defining it, but we have to connect with that part of ourselves, so that we don't feel a sense of burnout and emotional fatigue and exhaustion. Okay, so those are the four pillars. Let's let's move to a different angle here of burnout and leaders. So because this podcast is Schools of Excellence podcast, it's for school leaders. And leaders feel a huge sense of social isolation. Um, and it's, it's really dangerous because um, feelings of isolation, and they did this study during the thick of the pandemic and then afterwards in the lockdowns, that isolation is actually more deadly than depression and really almost anything else. Like when you feel isolated and alone and aren't connected to community, what was the study? I think it was connected to like smoking 17 cigarettes a day, right? And so we all know the data around smoking and all of that because that's been studied to death. Um, But we're still kind of figuring out what social isolation is and what it means to not be connected to community. And there are so many leaders that come into my world and they in in schools of excellence is where they start realizing, oh, my gosh, I need friends. I need community. I need other people to connect with. I need like minded people. Um, and, And their entire world starts opening up. Their health starts improving. Not because they're starting to eat better, but because they actually have real social connection and relationships. And it is so unfortunate that this is a huge aspect of success that is really looked over. Um, How we define success and how we look at these things, social connection plays a pivotal role in our success as leaders. So getting connected with community is a massive way of reducing your burnout symptoms. Multitasking. Okay. Don't even get me started on this topic, but I'm going to, I'm going to dive into it real quickly because we really dive into this in foundations, in directors, and in our owners group. Multitasking is a myth. It's a lie. It's stupid. It's making you stupid. Research has consistently shown again and again and again that multitasking adds up to 40% loss of productivity in a day. Okay. It's called context switching. Many leaders convince themselves that multitasking leads to greater productivity. It does not. They've been done research in Stanford University everywhere. Okay. When you try to process two mental tasks at once, your mental capacity drops and it reduces your cognitive ability. And it also leads to and diminishes long-term memory. Multitasking is making you stupid. Stop doing it. It leads to exhaustion, burnout, mental exhaustion. Stop trying to do two things at once or five things at once, right? Thinking that like, oh, I'm ADD, so I need to do five things at once. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't. You don't need to do five things at once. You think you need to because, oh, I just got seven things done. You exhausted yourself in such an intense way. So, yes, you may have gotten seven things done, but are we looking to get seven things done? Are we looking to build legacy and live a beautiful, sustainable life? 
right? Or are you looking to like work like crazy for 10 years and then get sick and die? Like, is, is that the plan? It's not anyone's plan, right? No one goes in and saying, I'm going to work for 10 years, work myself to the bone, and then I'll be sick for 20 years. No one goes in planning that, but that's what happens so much of the time because we don't design the way that we're building our schools in a sustainable way. So we build all of this amazing stuff and then we don't get to enjoy it because we don't have our health. We don't have anything, right? Remember that. Remember the journey is the goal. The goal is not the 10 locations. It's the journey of getting to those 10 locations. It's the journey of how you feel and experience into, even if 10 locations is not your goal. I just gave that example. Some people don't even want that. And that's fine. That's your definition of success. Success doesn't mean more money. Success doesn't mean more locations at all, at all right? Which is a whole separate conversation. Um, I had a conversation, we interviewed one of our uh, legacy members, Sharon Hobson, uh, gosh, almost two years ago, you could go back and listen to that podcast of when is enough enough, right? You need to know when enough is enough. When is it enough money? When is it enough children? When is it enough centers for you? When is it enough stress? Like, when is it enough, right? Where's your tolerance level? When is it enough? Um, and, and so we, we don't create that barometer. We just think, oh, well, it's never enough. Like I want to go to the next goal. I want to go to the next thing. And here's the thing. It's not about, I'm not against setting big ambitious goals. I love to set big ambitious goals. You also have to know when is enough enough? When is it? Okay. And now I'm pausing and now I'm going into maintenance and now I'm maintaining what I've built, right? When is enough enough? Okay, let's go further. Another contributor to burnout in leaders, continuous partial attention. This I see as like poison when I work with my high level leaders, my owners, my legacy members, this continuous partial attention. It's a very sneaky kind of drug because we go and we we take the drug, which is, you know, thinking, Hmm, I'm going to go search for the next best possibility. And I'm going to spend some time working on this little thing and working on this little thing. And I'm going to go spend time, you know, figuring out this next best opportunity. And what happens is, is you fail to focus on the most important projects that really build leg- legacy and really build your company. And you miss up, you miss the real mission critical things that you need to be focusing on. And then what happens is, is you all of a sudden realize like, oh my gosh, I need to take care of these critical things. And then you squeeze them into these tight deadlines, which consistently contributes to chronic stress. Um, and I see this all the time when clients get on the call and they're like, oh, I'm going to go take care of this thing. And I'm like, but you didn't finish that yet. You didn't finish building that bridge. You're in middle of the bridge, right? So think of this analogy, right? You have this big giant ocean and you build one bridge to start crossing the ocean and halfway through, you're like, eh, I don't really like this bridge anymore. I'm gonna go start building another bridge. So you go all the way back and you start building another bridge, right? And so you build the bridge, build the bridge, build the bridge. And again, like three quarters in, you're like, uh, I think there's a better opportunity. I'm gonna go build something else. And so you have to walk back again, right? Because you can't, you can't dive into the ocean. So you go back and then you start building another bridge. Right. And so a year later, you have seven half ass built bridges and you still haven't gotten to the other side of the ocean yet. But you've been busy because you've been building bridges. Right. You're busy. You're working. You're sweating. You're exhausted. You're hiring people. You're spending money. But you are nowhere near the other side of the ocean yet. Nowhere near. But you 
elude yourself that you are because you've been so busy all year. You built you built nine bridges. You didn't finish building the freaking bridges. So this is a huge part of burnout because you're not finishing things that you're starting. You're not finishing projects. You're not finishing things and moving them to the deadline, right? To the finish line. It contributes to exhaustion because you look at yourself and you're like, why can't I finish these things? What's going on here? It's a story you're telling yourself. It is huge, this continuous partial attention. Okay, next one. This is allostatic load. Leaders often work long hours. They are expected to be available at all times. They are responsible for making major decisions that significantly impact the company and their personal health and mental well-being. And so this prolonged stress, right, this stress level lives inside of their body and it pumps the stress hormone of cortisol into their bloodstream, which along with an overabundance of other neurotransmitters, other hormones, their adrenals get shot. It causes heart problems. It causes weight gain and impairs immunity. They're getting sick all the time. It decreases memory due to brain cell um, um, issues that are like being attacked here. It diminishes your brain functioning. And you're like, remind me again what I said? What what happened? And it's no, no, no. This this is this is burnout. Like this is burnout. I did a whole conversation on the priorities reset call. So the priorities reset call is a quarterly call that I do with my owners, the directors, their admin teams my legacy members, and I do it once a quarter. And so a couple of months ago, I did, well, a few quarters ago, so like almost a year ago at this point, um, I did a priorities reset call on time budget. And I explained that financial debt, the way that you pay for financial debt is through interest, right? So if you spend more money than you have, then you have the penalty for that is interest. If you spend more energy than you have, and you spend more time than you have, the penalty is the following. Cortisol pumped into your bloodstream, stress hormones, heart issues, weight gain, impaired immunity, decreased memory function, decreased brain functioning, low focus, mental fatigue, sleep issues. That is where you pay for it. And so, so many people say things like, but I figure it all out, right? But, but it all works, but I found the time. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Because here's how you're paying for it. You're paying for it in all of those ways. So you're not paying interest, but you are paying for it, right? And this is why this obsession, this absolute obsession on profit and ROI and the margins and what we're hitting our numbers, it's such bullshit. Great you're hitting your numbers and your leaders are almost ready to die. Amazing that you're hitting your spreadsheets and you have four people that are at the brink of divorce. Wait, how is that success? How is that success if all of your people or the vast majority of your people are struggling, right, with their mental health, with their physical health, with their relationships? They can't tolerate distress or have emotional regulation. What good is it doing for you that you're hitting your spreadsheet numbers? Your two directors are about to collapse because of exhaustion. Right. This the, this is the issue is we don't look at that as a cost. We only look at the cost of the hard financial cold green dollar. We do not look at the cost of this person hasn't slept a normal eight hour night in three years. That is a cost. That is a heavy cost. But we don't look at that. 
because we're not trained to look at those numbers. We look at the money numbers. And I'm not saying you shouldn't look at the money numbers. You have to. I run a business. I also look at the money numbers. But if that is the only number that I'm looking at, I'm going to lose everyone on my team. I'm going to lose my whole business. That's not the business that I want to build. I care about my people, right? And you also care about your people. But the actions that we're taking are not congruent with what we want. You pay for burnout in the following ways, right? But because money's still pumping into the cash register, nobody's making any changes here. Until it starts pumping the cash register the wrong way. And you're like, well, one second, we got to figure something out. Oh, maybe we need to fix our ads. You don't need to fix your freaking ads. You need to take care of your people. You need to stop doing a thousand things, right? So this is, again, me. I get all worked up at this kind of stuff. And I stand on my, I stand on my soapbox here when it comes to this because it's so important. It's so important. Okay, let's talk about power stress. Senior leaders become trapped in a vicious cycle of unhealthy sacrifice for other people, and it leads to burnout. It also leads to a massive violation of boundaries, um, which is a whole separate conversation. Again, <laughs> leaders feel so much pressure to actually not be burnt out in the first place um, because they want to set this example for the team right? Every decision that the leader makes has these massive implications and consequences on the entire organization. And the power of being solely responsible has detrimental effects on the mental state of the leader, which is why you have to be in community, trying to make these big decisions alone, trying to do all these decisions alone. You're not supposed to do life alone. You're not. You're not. You're not smarter. You're not wiser. You're not anything. You, you do not gain anything by doing things alone. Here's what you gain. You fed your dumb ego. I did it alone. Okay, congrats. And now what, right? And now what? What did you gain? How did that impact the significance that you want to bring into the world, your fulfillment, your goals? How did it impact your marriage, your parenting, your relationships? Like, how did that impact everything that, whoo, you did it alone, right? Now, I'm not Again, I know I say this all the time because people get into this like this or that. This is not this or that. This is this and. We need to learn how to ask for help. And we also need to learn how to be independent. There's a healthy inter interdependence, right? So many leaders are terrified, like terrified of being viewed as needy. So they go to the complete opposite extreme and they don't ask anyone for anything. No, you need to know how to walk the balance and the inter work-life harmony of asking for help, of receiving help, of asking for help, of receiving help. There's a, there's a dance and you're not going to get the dance right all the time. You're going to mess up the dance moves and you're going to be okay. Just because you messed up the dance move, it doesn't mean you go to the other side and now you never ask for help again. You move back in through the dance moves. This is why community is so important. This is why mentorship and coaching is so important because you surround yourself with people that remind you it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to make the wrong dance move. Come, let's go dance again, right? Do this with other people. Okay. <sighs> I want to tell you a story. I want to share with you a story that really brings this to life. Okay. Now remember when I share stories, unless we're doing like a specific case study where we have a member on, which we have some amazing ones, definitely go check them out. So names and identifying details have been changed. Um, and the story that I'm about to tell you to always protect the privacy of our clients. Um, but the story is very real. 
So I'm going to talk about Jill. Jill was on a coaching call with me um, and she was sharing a couple of issues uh, that were with her team. A lot of things that were falling apart. Um, and she was specifically talking about a super high performing and functioning team um, that were all really struggling right now. And she was exhausted on the call. I mean, like whew, physically, you could see that she was exhausted through, you know, through the screen. And one of the resources that I use during coaching calls is my self-awareness worksheet. And it has 10 very specific questions that help leaders assess where they are and where they want to be. And one of the questions that are on this self-assessment, this self-awareness worksheet are, what are the symptoms to know if you're burnt out? And so she had a couple of things listed over there because I always have our clients work through that. And one of the things that she wrote over there is she knows she's burnt out when she doesn't like people. She doesn't want to be near people. She doesn't like people. She doesn't want anyone next to her. She just wants to be isolated. She doesn't like people. And so on the call, we started to decode the triggers for burnout, what has led to it, and more importantly, what is still feeding the burnout, right? Because you can have an event or something that triggers the beginning phases of burnout, but there is a habit and a mindset that is continuing to perpetuate burnout in the center. And so on the call, as we continue to, to work through this, um, we've identified that she is a culture of urgency on her team, okay? And a culture of urgency is this constant state of, we need to do this now, we need to do this yesterday, we need to do it faster, we need to do it quicker, we need to do more. Everything is in a state of urgency. And I said, your body's tired. Your body is craving slowness. Your body wants ease. Your body wants stillness. You cannot continue to operate from a place of urgency. It's not sustainable. Your team is exhausted. People are making mistakes and good people want to quit. Well, uh, Jill was having none of it. She's like, I have to grow now. This is the time for like for scaling. I need to move quicker. We, you know, that's not the problem, honey. We need better operations. We need better systems. We need better tech. Um, she's like, that's what I'm going to go do. I'm like, okay. I um, I can't convince you to do things. I don't convince people to do things. She came. She asked me a question. We coached through the root cause, but she has to be ready to take action. So she's like, fine, uh, I'm going to go on a three-day vacation. I was like, okay. So she went on a three-day vacation. She went for a spa. She got a manicure. She comes back a week later onto the call, and I'm like, how are you doing? She's like, oh, it's still crazy. Everything is still crazy. <laughs> and I was like, my dear, burnout doesn't go away from a spa and a good manicure and a massage. It just doesn't. And the constant state of urgency in your school is not going to leave because you have to change. You have to upgrade the way that you're doing this. And when you continue to operate like a spree train, you're going to drive yourself and your team into the ground. She didn't want to hear it. She didn't want to hear it. She didn't want to see it. She wasn't ready. And, you know, there's a great quote, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will show up. Um, but she wasn't ready. Um, she had not hit her personal rock bottom yet. And for everyone, it's different. And as her coach and as her guide, I continued to support her. I continued to hold space for her. Um, I checked in on her, but my heart really ached for her because her health was declining. Her stress was getting higher. Um, so she was making good money, but the, the other issue was she actually didn't have any brain space to do proper wealth building with the money that she was making. So she was paying exorbitant fees on taxes. She wasn't managing the money properly. And a couple months later, she gets on a call with me and she, I said, what's up? And she, she just started crying. Like she couldn't even talk. She's like, I can't do this anymore. She's like, my son is graduating from college this year. I only have a couple more months with him living at home. And I refuse to live like this anymore. 
I have to do less. I need to get out of the state of urgency. I want peace. I want slowness and I need to pause. And so I sat with her in her discomfort and I sat with her in her pain. And I said, do you, are you ready to take action? Like, do you want to take action? I know that you're aware now of what's going on, but are you ready to take action? Are you committed to taking action? And she said, yes. I said, okay, let's do the work. So we recreated her org chart, redesigned the roles and responsibilities on the team, reworked the job description. We worked the metrics of what we were tracking and how we defined success. We reworked the deliverables of the company and we started to shift some of the foundation. She started to take her creative energy and all of her energy. And instead of pumping it all into the business and driving the business to the ground, she started to diversify her energy. So she went to go take a painting class. She actually found that she enjoyed painting. She went to go do other hobbies. Her and her husband started to engage in other activities together. And she started to create more equilibrium um, in the way that she used her energy. I know you're all waiting for a happy ending, but there is no happy ending because life isn't always a Disney movie. And burnout is not cured in three months. Burnout is not cured through painting. It's not cured through date nights with our spouse. It's a long journey. Those are things that we do that contribute to create more health and wellness inside of our lives. But it took Jill 10 years to get here. It's gonna take time to create new paradigms. And what's beautiful is she's taken the first step to understanding that the urgency is killing her. She's taken the first step to understanding that the burnout is bringing her business to the ground. She is not fighting as much. She has brought herself back from the brink and she's slowly making her way back home, right? She is having difficult conversations with her team. She's doing 360 performance reviews. She's starting to hold her team accountable. She's feeling a little bit better every day. She started to sleep more recently, but but she's not cured, air quotes, from burnout. Because this is a bigger, almost existential struggle that's going on inside of our school cultures all around the world, not just across the U.S. And so I I wanted to share this particular example because it doesn't have this glorious, happy Hollywood ending. It's I'm still in the thick of it with her holding her hand. Right. And walking her through it's, you know, five steps forwards, two steps backwards, 10 steps forward, five steps backward. But that's what progress looks like. Progress doesn't look like I lost 30 pounds in 30 days. That that's that's clickbait. This is real life. Right. You come to listen to this podcast for real life, not for clickbait. You want clickbait? Go, go get your clickbait. It's free. <laughs> So let's talk about some strategies, right? And I know this episode is getting a little bit long and and that's okay. Let's talk about some strategies of how we could start to work through this, okay? Number one, let's audit and manage your energy, not your time, okay? In Schools of Excellence, I do talk a lot about time and it does exist inside of foundations. But after you work through your time, you also have to understand your energy management, your energy budget, right? There is an energy budget in your everyday life. So I'll explain to you what I mean by that, okay? Imagine you start off your day with 100 energy points, right? EPs, energy points. As you go through your day, every activity requires some energy, 
right? And you pay for it with energy points. So your commute to work take, let's say, five energy points. And then your whole day takes 25 energy points. And then you have a gym session in the afternoon. And then you come back home in a commute. And then you need to be at home with your partner and your kids, right? And you're spending energy. Let's say on your commute to work, there's chaos on the road. There's a lot of traffic. People are being impatient. There's a lot of, uh, there's an accident. And it makes the commute more, quote unquote, expensive. So instead of the commute costing you five energy points, it costs you 20 energy points. Then you come into work and your workday is a living nightmare. There is deadlines that are not being met. Five teachers called out. Someone's nervous. There's There's radiating stress and bad energy inside of the room. You've had a couple of arguments and difficult conversations. You did a really big, you uh, submitted a really big project and no one appreciated you for it. The workday energy price was expensive. That was like 60, 70 energy points. Okay. What, what happens is, is you need to understand that not every job is created equal. I have this argument all the time. You say things like, oh, I bring in the financials and my wife takes care of the family. And I'm like, working in the office between the hours of four and eight o'clock at night is a million times easier, not a thousand, not a hundred, like a million times easier and requires less energy than being at home between the hours of four to eight and taking care of three or four kids. Like you just can't compare it. You just can't. That energy is not designed equally, mainly because when you're at home with four kids, each of those four kids needs something completely different. Each of the four kids are going to trigger you in a very, very different way. And also it's 4 p.m. So if you've also used the vast majority of your energy points. And so not every task is created equal from energy. And so as a leader, when you're looking at burnout on the team and you're looking at capacity and workload of your directors, of your admin team, of whoever it is, not every task or project that's on their calendar is created equal from the perspective of energy management, okay? So for example, this is like a whole separate conversation on like, you know, owners or CEOs who start to have less things on their to-do list. And they're like, oh, but I'm not doing as much as a team. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like you had a three-hour time block where you had to make six really important decisions, okay? Now you get to take a nap for two hours. That is how mentally, emotionally, and physically exhausting those three hours are, okay? For all of the decisions you had to make. Those three hours are not created equal to sitting in a room with toddlers with the light closed and them napping for two hours. I'm not saying that watching 22-year-olds nap is, you know, vacation. It's not you're still in charge and responsible, but that is not created in the same equal energy output as making decisions for two hours, okay, that impact the entire company. And so burnout comes from this convoluted mindset that my calendar has to be as full or as busy as everyone else on the team, or it's not quote unquote fair. Get fair out of your vocabulary. It's poison. Stop saying it. Just, just stop. It's not about fairness, right? You need to understand the energy output and input of your day. And this is something that I talk about in owners on coaching calls. We have content, we have training. I do one-on-ones on this kind. Like this is something we talk about all the time because this is at the crux of it. Like this is what it's about. 
So we all have these different energy budgets and they lead to burnout. They really lead to burnout. And if you're suffering from burnout, as you might be experiencing throughout this episode, I have a whole other episode, episode 81 and 82, uh, called the Priorities Reset, which is about reflect, restore, and recast. So you could definitely go check that out. So let's uh, start to wind down this episode, okay? Burnout is coming from two core areas that I want to address here. And again, there's so many other places as well, but the two areas I want to address are boundaries and asking for help. Boundaries is your committed part of life, okay? But there's a difference between commitment and overcommitment. Leaders are expected to be accessible and responsive, which leads to overcommitment and overfunctioning, which leads to burnout, right? We need to create clear communication guidelines that enable you to have off-the-clock time and time to make decisions. We have a ton of training on boundaries inside of our uh, Schools of Excellence roadmap. We talk about boundaries. I do strategic advisory on boundaries, which is our mindset coaching every Monday. These are topics that they're not one and done. We're constantly learning these conversations. So boundaries, setting boundaries and understanding like, okay, I need to not do this or I need to do this. And secondly is asking for help. Okay. I spoke about this in the beginning of the episode. Leaders that feel burnt out, it impacts their physical and mental well-being. And so they need to ask for help. So whether you're choosing to ask for help in the realm of, I need coaching help, I need leadership development, right? I want to invite you to apply to our Directors Inner Circle or Owners HQ program. You might be a good fit um, to participate inside of our membership and connect with our community and our training and our coaching. Or you might need to ask for help in a different way. You might need to seek um, help from a mental health professional. Um, to get yourself checked out and say, what's going on? Like, help me, right? Not every kind of help is about going to hire a coach or joining a program or listening to a podcast. Sometimes it's about being alone for a little bit. Sometimes it's about quiet time. Sometimes it's about reaching out to your doctor or a mental health professional or a psychiatrist or go talking to a good friend and saying, I'm tired. I am burnt out. What I want to invite you here is Whatever your version of asking for help is, please go tell someone what you're experiencing. Um, Don't let the secrecy or the shame overtake you. So today we really spoke about burnout and its high impact on school culture, really kind of talking about all the different angles. And what I want to leave you with here is this. Whatever part resonated with you, whatever part of today's episode you were like, oh my gosh, yes, or that's me, or if you resonate with the story, or there's an interesting, you know, piece of research that I shared with you, take a moment and sit with it, okay? So whether you're in the car now or walking or washing the dishes or, you know, during nap time you're listening to this or whatever it is, just pause for a second at the end of this episode and just put your hand on your heart and write down what needs to change so that I can start to recover from burnout right? Recognizing I am burnt out. I am tired. I am mentally exhausted. And the first step is this. This is the first step I want to take. And if you want to email us and let us know what your first step is for accountability, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to tag us on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, and let us know what's your first step, or if it's something that's private, keep it to yourself. Take that first step. You deserve it. You deserve it. You are 
deserve to take care of yourself. You deserve to take care of your center. You deserve to take care of what you need to, to be your best. So thank you for joining me for today's episode. I know it was a little bit of a longer conversation. I appreciate your time and attention. Um, and I look forward to really being part of this continued dialogue inside of this community on starting to recover as a collective, right? As childcare leaders, school leaders, and professionals, um, as a collective in starting to break the stigma and bring more healing and more health into our schools. Thanks for joining me. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there. If you're a school leader, I bet you have a super long to-do list with all the things that you need to get done every single day. You got to-do lists of what the teachers need, what the parents need, what your leadership team, admin. You also have to-do lists about your visionary stuff or your future goals that you want to get accomplished. And every single day, it's a hustle against the clock to try to figure out how to check off every single thing on your to-do list. Today, I actually want to share with you a whole new way to tackle your to-do list and understand how to actually battle out the competing demands that happen inside of a childcare center. It's my little secret sauce called having a do not do list. So instead of having a do list, you have a do not do list, a list of things that you do not do until certain things get completed or a list of things that you do not do anymore if you want to create sustainability and long-term legacy inside of your center. I'm teaching this strategy and a whole bunch more of my incredible tools in the Priority Reset Workshop on February 29th at 1130 Eastern. I want you to join me and dozens of other school leaders to reclaim your time, to learn how to balance those competing priorities, and most importantly, focus the time, energy, people, and resources on the activity, on the priorities, and the work that actually move the needle forward. I look forward to seeing you there. Click the link in the show notes to register.